Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Masked Llama, Ozzy Garcia, Keith Gasper, and Diskai Mera. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to a very special episode of the Retro Hangover Podcast. especially retro and classic gamers from the year 2000, you are listening to the Retro Hangover Podcast, and in some cases, maybe the Region Free Gamers Podcast, because we are doing an outstanding collaboration for a project called The King of Games 2000. And this is amazing, because this is something that started on the Region Free Gamers Podcast for The King of Games 98. And essentially, yeah, this is still their baby. And we're just we're carrying this on. We're making sure that this is this is this is staying alive. And, you know, we're doing this collaboration to do this. And man, this is so amazing. But before we really get into all this goodness and all this amazingness that we got going on podcast wise, let's introduce who we got here. So if you already heard, we got the Dick Dragon himself, Shane Kosky. He's over on the other side. Say hi, Shane. Hi, 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 hello. I am here. I, I have no extra like superlatives added to it this time. Just, just straight up dick dragon. It's, it's different. I like it. Yeah, I just had to roll in. I'm going to, man, I hope that, that I leaned back like you told me to, by the way, before you start recording, because apparently I'm yeah. nice and crispy. It's very crispy on this fantastic hot. mic. Very hot. Sexy. We also have. From the Region Free Gamers podcast, and you will be hearing from him again on this station of your choice, and hopefully you make his station your choice as well for the prolonged period of this project and beyond, Arnaldo <laughs> Perez! hey Hey, guys. Glad to finally be here. I just had to, like, invent a whole uh, tournament structure for you guys to invite me on this podcast, finally, so... That's I'm all you had to do. That happen. We have high <laughs> standards. <laughs> We're like, yeah, just just create your own show. We'll throw it on Patreon, exactly. and if we <laughs> we like it, maybe one day it will go to the light of day. Exactly. Speaking of that, let's cover what's what's going on with this uh, collaboration here. So, yeah. this episode will be hosted by the Retro Hangover Podcast. So, if mm-hmm. you're listening to this right now and you are not a patron, it's because well, it's on the Retro Hangover podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following <laughs> us and subscribing to us. You'll find another episode, hopefully soon, or if not before, on the Region Free Gamers podcast. So yep. subscribe to them, too, for the follow-on or prior episode to this. Mm-hmm. But if you're a patron for either the Retro Hangover podcast or the Region Free Gamers podcast, you would have heard this 
well, months ago, I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you would so hear you it wanna... concurrently on both channels. So yep. if you want to check that out, go to Patreon, look up the podcast, do what you do, and, you know, throw, throw, throw whatever you need to to get yeah. access to this. I think what we what we learn here is that money talks and it does. if you want if you want to be happy and you want to have friends and be cool like us then you should give us money. I That's agree. I'm really trying to say, yeah. <laughs> but again, like I'm so excited for this project. This actually took a lot of work. Thank you guys. Uh, I was a big 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 fan of the King of Games 98. It was oh, one of my you. favorite things that you guys did as bonus episodes and I know a lot of work went into that. So, I'm so happy that when we came together and, you know, it's like, hey, we could do this this project and make it something <laughs> special uh, that is it's it's working out. And this is yeah. something that you don't you know, I don't see a lot in a lot of retro gaming podcasts, or just podcasts in general mm-hmm. or just gaming podcasts. So I think what we got here is it's going to be a lot of fun. I know someone in your discord, one of your patrons is super excited for this. They talk about yep. it all the time. FFC Cottage. Yep. And, you know, this is that that's something that just puts a giant smile on my face. So I'm very, very, very happy about that. I know. I, I'm very excited. I'm excited to deliver deliver some opinions that will make people mad at me. That's usually what I enjoy about this whole project. <laughs> well, I already did that in the previous episode, so. Yeah, you're good at that, too, uh, Arnie. You're, you're very good at delivering the, the hot takes innocently. I know. It's, I have to be innocent because I don't want to get cyberbullied. That's how I avoid. That's how I have my cake and eat it too. I make people mad, but then they can't come at me because I'm so you know so lovable. That's, that's why he never played Counter Strike. Exactly. And see, this is early <laughs> enough in the recording phase. We don't know if that's foreshadowing or calling back. Exactly. We don't know. There you go. It hey, could be so, either. So, so Chris. Hey. This this thing that you've been um, gushing about for the last like five minutes. Why don't you explain to the fine listeners what it is that we're doing? And this is Shane telling me I've been prattling on too long. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we have taken 16 games from the year 2000. We started out with a lot more than that, and we yeah, we, we went through the voting. We went through a voting process that included all members of Region Free Gaming and Mm -hmm. retro hangover and we rated them one through 16 individually and we came with the top 16 games receiving points and look we understand probably not all your games are going to be in this top 16 we understand that we'll address that later but these were the top 16 Mm -hmm. games that all of us said yeah these were the top 16 games of the year 2000 in in this order preliminarily right yes and this is what we're going to do we're going to break it down and we're going to have a debate. We're going to have a discussion. We're going to talk about which one of these games should advance. And I think this year we have a very, very competitive group. There oh, were yeah. games that were left out of this that I was oh, shocked. Yeah. That I was the shocked. Honorable mentions list is going to be the source of such butt mad. It's it, sure, it sure is. Fantastic. It's going to be great. There's going to be games that get thrown out in the first round that are going to cause amazing amounts of butt madness. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that hasn't happened yet, but, you know, we're... Or maybe it has. ...an eye on things. Maybe it has. <laughs> I think especially, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but especially the the early round matches, like you said, Chris, are going to be... It's going to be a lot of tears. It's going to be a lot of tears because I thought that when we did this in... When we, when we did this in 98, we did random seating, and I was like, oh... 
Shane and Chris are coming in here. They've got a scientific method. We're gonna we're gonna fucking figure this out. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be no bullshit matchups in the first couple rounds. And then it, it it's probably worse than it was when we did it somehow. We somehow ended up creating creating a worse situation for ourselves. But by worse, that means better because it's yes, going to absolutely. create more anger. We have a matchup later on for JRPG Train. fans that is just going to absolutely divide people. <laughs> And I look, I'm going to be on that episode and I cannot wait until people burn us down for it one way or the other. It's going to be extremely entertaining. Yeah. But this episode, Mm -hmm. we are going to be talking about our number one seed against our number 16 seed. So this should be an easy matchup, right, guys? This is going to be so easy. I think it will be, but... (laughs) We'll see what happens. I'm going to try to be as objective as possible on this. Uh, I'm going to try anyway, but this is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 right. against WWF No Mercy. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I, I got to say, when we were talking about scheduling and stuff, this was the one that I was like, I got to be on this. And I knew it was going to be hard for me coming into it because this is this is like about maybe like a two year span of my life condensed down into a podcast. I was either playing No Mercy, like, I wasn't necessarily playing No Mercy, but I was playing either No Mercy or NWO Revenge, or I was playing Tony Hawk's constantly, just in the rotation with friends and, and all the time. So this is, this is, this is tearing both sides of my heart part right now to have to pick just one. Tearing me apart, Leith. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one as we get into it and we, we really discuss it. And for good reason. Before we get started, there are four areas that we're going to deliberate here. Uh, it was good criteria, and this was established in the King of Games 98. We're going to hold on to it because, hey, it was very successful, and it did a really good job of getting across the point. So the first one is critical commercial reception, personal attachment, legacy, genre-defining, like what did it do towards that, and what game would you rather play today? So let's kick things off and talk about the critical and commercial reception of both games. Let's talk about Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. It was released on the 20th of September 2000 for the PlayStation 1. It also came out for the Sega Dreamcast and the Game Boy Advance, as well as the N64. But the Game Boy Advance and N64 version came out in 2001. It received a Metacritic score, aggregate score, of 98, which is the second highest score ever in the history of video games. Its user score was 7.4 on Metacritic as well. Take that for what you will. Maybe it was review bombed. For the Dreamcast, it got a 97 with a user score of 6.2. PC, 91 with a user score of 8.5. And the N64 with a critic score of 84 with an 8.8 user score. So the the haters didn't get to the N64 quite yet. (laughs) Uh, In terms of total sales, uh, it sold 5.3 million units across all all consoles and i think i think what's important at least for me what stands out from all that stuff is that this is some people would disagree with me but i i consider this a sports game and in in that sense i think that seeing something like this in the ps1 era sell this well get this high of rating like you said second highest rating for any video game on metacritic all time for what's ostensibly a sports game that's crazy you know that doesn't happen but arnie 
It's extreme sports. It is extreme sport, which is sports, but cooler. So, you know, it's got that going for it. Sports, but but with Vans sneakers. Yeah. (laughs) Also, while we're talking about this, I just want to point out, because I feel like this is a salient point while we're talking about review scores, I just need to mention that I am totally not biased in this discussion whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I just want to to say that. (laughs) If you have to say Uh, it, maybe you are. (laughs) maybe but (laughs) tony hawks pro skater 2 it it, its average score of a 98 is the highest one above the likes of metal gear solid yep symphony of the night yep and even the the much beloved ff7 just to put that into context okay well let's put another thing in the context if we're gonna go by the king of games 1998 what is the number one game of all time <laughs> I believe it's the Legend of Zelda o- Ocarina Ocarina Macarena of Time. Yes. yes. Did that yes. win the King of Games 98? Surely did not. Mm. Well, that's because I wasn't there. That's We want we want to be future proof. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be future proof. We want to make sure that in 10 20 years when people realize what a horrid mistake that was, that they can look back on our podcast and think, "Man, these guys were ahead of the curve on this one. They they fucking got it. Or there's or just a bunch of contrarians. We hope for the <laughs> former, but who knows? Probably the latter. Bunch of Majora's fanboys. That's what this is. <laughs> I, I do think that that Metacritic score does carry a very very heavy weight. This is an extreme sports game, and let's face it. Prior to this game, extreme sports games were not getting the reviews like this. In they certainly existed. I mean, you could go back. Technically, Uniracers is an extreme sports game if you want to get super technical about it. But even the PlayStation launched with extreme sports games. There was Extreme or ESPN Extreme Sports and then 2 Extreme and then Jet Moto. It wasn't something that was completely foreign to the cultural zeitgeist. It was there. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I mean, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, obviously also huge. But this, like like good sequels do, and I've talked about this a bunch of times, it just did it better, right? It took it took the formula and didn't really mess around with it too much, added a few layers that make it, you know, from good to great. Take it from you're you're right here, you're doing well, all the way up to the top. And that's what that's what Pro Skater 2 did. Pro Skater 2, I mean, we'll we'll get more into it as the show goes on. My opinion, peak of the series. Some people very partial to three. Uh some people might like the original in some aspects. I think two hits that perfect balance of not too much stuff. So it's not like super overwhelming and tedious to like complete, but also has like excellent mechanics and great skating. So let's just flash forward this into WWF new no mercy is competitor here, which I'll be honest. I'm shocked. This game even made it into the top 16. I know that (laughs) this is a game I loved, but looking at the games that beat out, I am shocked it made it in here. I yeah. do love this game, by the way. Yeah. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think it does deserve to be here. But we'll talk about that more later. It has a release date of November 17th, 2000, with a Metacritic score of 89, the user score of 8.5. And its sales, just on the N64 alone, it wasn't released on any other console, was 1.5 million units. Which is and a, very impressive. And a sick and a sick looking black cartridge too. 
Very sick. Yeah. Yes. Not sickly, just just sick. <laughs> I think that I haven't I haven't looked at the other meta scores from the other games in the series. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's definitely the highest, but it's one of those games that definitely brought itself up from its initial release in the series with WCW versus NWO World Tour, which was critically panned. And I'll give a brief plug to the our own podcast here on Retro Hangover. Go listen to the episode where we talked about that. And yeah, the critical reception in Brief History, it was not well received by critics. Uh, World Tour, WCW versus World Tour. So when it got to the point where you got no mercy, this was a game people were expecting. This was a game people were looking forward to. And in a sense, that mirrors a lot was going on with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Because when you compare Pro Skater 2 to um, Pro Skater 1, Pro Skater 1 was not getting the same kind of reviews that Pro Skater 2 was in any sense at all. I think it's in the 80s, high 80s, maybe low 90s. It just was a title people weren't expecting to really hit the market and take off, much like World Tour did. No, I mean, I think, again, like like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, No Mercy really is, I think, the peak N64 wrestling game. The the people who developed it, I think Aki Corporation, if I'm not mistaken, they had yeah. they had done a couple of these beforehand and they were really banging them out like they were. It's 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 an example of a developer like very clearly figuring things out in real time where every game just gets better and better and better. And this one's the top tier um, that they put out on the system. So it's you know, I, I, I like you, Chris, was surprised that it scraped its way into the top 16. I thought it was definitely going to miss out by a couple spots. But when it comes to what it is and what it does, there's probably no better example than No Mercy. Well, and the the somewhat impressive thing about it, too, is that it came in so late uh, in the N64's life cycle as well. That was when people were already playing ps2s and this thing comes and drops on the n64 it could have gone one of two ways i think with what chris mentioned with some of the previous let's say disappointments that got released um it could have gone in that direction of just like well this is the the dying gasp of you know a console and let's throw this on there um but to your point you know aki really pulled out all the stops at the end here and really just finished on probably the highest note they could have and it's not only considered to be one of the best n64 wrestling games but a lot of people consider it to be one of if not the best wrestling game like period still to this day which is impressive i think even when you compare it against the sales of the two games between tony hawk and wwf no mercy Mm -hmm. tony hawk had like five different platforms to spread itself across to get that 5.3 million units sold. No Mercy had one console and got 1.5 million units across. That's a tremendous achievement to being platform exclusive. I mean, hats off to Tony Hawk for being that popular and and what it accomplished overall in terms of, you know, what it did. And we'll get into that with, with Legacy. But to sell 1.5 million units on the N64 as a non-Nintendo game, is something that a lot of third parties weren't exactly able to do. So in order to get those sales, you have to have a reputation. You have to have something established and you have to be something relatively special. 
especially in 2000, when a lot of people had either flocked to the PlayStation or were moving over to the Dreamcast and looking forward to the PlayStation 2. Well, I mean, yeah. And also keeping in mind, I think a lot of this was very much a right place, right time. This was kind of at peak, like attitude era, right? Everyone and their mother was watching wrestling at this point. So, yeah, you got some certified global superstars, you know, pushing this game. It it was going to sell no matter what. But the fact that it sold as well as it did on the console that it did at the time that it did speaks volumes about just how popular wrestling had become at that time. Something that I don't think it's ever been able to achieve since that time ever again. All right. And with that, we're going to take a small break here. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about some personal attachment to these games and also what their legacy or genre defining things were. I am shit with words, but we'll be right back. See you in a bit. (laughs) See you. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to be rolling into what our personal attachment was to these games and what they meant to us when you know they came out or what they mean to us today. I mean, pretty much we're going to be just be talking about both. But yeah, yeah, that's what it is. All right, so to get this thing kicked off, let's just start with Shane. Hey, Shane, we're gonna let's start with Tony Hawk first. What was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater personal attachment to yourself? I can't imagine why you picked that one first for me. Because like your you know your it. long luscious hair. Oh <laughs> yes, and and my my devil may care attitude. Yes, you're just a skater boy. I'll see you later, boy. <laughs> Damn, that was supposed to be my line. Uh, yeah. So, well, actually, so funny story about that. Realistically, I am zero percent skater boy. I've I think I stood on a deck of a skateboard like accidentally one time, but. Uh, now, so I, as far as Tony Hawk's Pro Skater goes to the deuce, um, I never actually owned it, but I rented it like countless times from the local video store to the point where in retrospect, I probably should have just bought it. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed playing this game um, back when, you know, when it came out. Now, granted, keep in mind, I am technically I am talking about the N64 version because that was the one that, you know, that was a system I had. Um, I, I didn't play the PS1, but, you know, that's really neither here nor there. Um, and so honestly, as someone who never really gave a single shit about skateboarding, <laughs> like I'm just being honest, I didn't. I, I never owned a skateboard. I didn't care. Um, Not that I disliked it. It was just irrelevant to me. Like, I didn't even have any friends who skateboarded. So it was not a thing in my life whatsoever. And even with that being said, um, this game was something that I always ended up coming back to. And I think that says a lot about it. And it's sort of like, you know, cross-sectional appeal because it's just it was so easy to just pick up and play it actually is like the perfect rental game because there's no real like i mean there is progression in it but it's something that you don't have to like it's not like an rpg where you're just like well now i need to you know sink 80 hours into this to finish it (laughs) and pay a shitload of late fees to blockbuster that's something that i always enjoyed about it you always have a good time with it i mean 
this, even though I wasn't a skater at all, I mean, I was very much into, I guess, early 2000. Yeah, I would have still been into a lot of like pop punk and stuff like that. So this was like right in my wheelhouse. This was like peak 2000s, like for sure. It was like oh, yeah. extreme sports, like slamming a Mountain Dew and listening <laughs> to like, you know, fucking bad religion and like lag wagon. And like that is that is what this game is. This is like. If you could take 2000s like punk slash skater culture and put it into a nice little package, that's exactly what this is. And so that part of it really kind of just spoke to me at the time. Um, So that's kind of my personal attachment to it. And I remember playing it with my brother, too. And as with most of the games that we played together, um, I obviously outperformed him in (laughs) an egregious fashion. Um, and so if he ever listens to this, I'm sure he'll have something to say to me about that. But, uh, but yeah, that's me, man. That's awesome. How about you, Arnie? Uh, I mean, I think I am the polar opposite of Shane in that this <laughs> is be, uh, bar none. This is probably the most directly impactful video game to like my life at any given point. Um, I, 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 I used to live in this apartment building, um, where I had like four or five friends and we were all really into skateboarding and line skating, BMXing, all that stuff. I used to watch, we would watch the X games together. We watched like rocket power. We all played, you know, <laughs> jet set, jet, jet grind radio and Tony Hawks and all these like Matt Hoffman's BMX and Dave Mira's and all this stuff. But Tony BMX triple X. Uh, no, I did not. Actually, I did not get that one, which, which would have been an awesome story. I should have just lied. Honestly, nobody can, nobody can prove anything. Hell yeah, I did all the time. <laughs> um, but no, but Tony Hawk's, especially Tony Hawk dose, which is what we're talking about here, uh, was probably the one we put the most time into. Um, and it was really the one that got me into it. Like I liked Tony Hawk's pro skater, but when I played Tony Hawk's two, I was like, man, the controls on Tony Hawk's just didn't feel as smooth or as like engaging as this game did. I, I don't know why. I don't think there's any specific reason for it. Um, this game did add manuals, which was really nice because that that's what allowed you to like start doing these like insanely long involved like crazy combos. And that's the shit we always love to do is like who can do like the highest most like score tastic combo um but like shane said you can't talk about tony hawk's pro skater 2 without talking about that soundtrack and Mm -hmm. in in the world of video games you know even though it's a licensed soundtrack so you gotta you gotta put you gotta put expectations on it right i got so many tracks from this game that i just love to listen to specifically like i was already sort of into pop punk punk thrash that kind of like rancid bad religion all that stuff but hip-hop i got a lot of of good hip-hop vibes from this specifically the um i think bring the noise uh public enemy and anthrax is on here and i fucking i used to bang that song all (laughs) the time i love that song um and yeah, it was it was just super influential on me, like as far as getting me to want to skateboard and learn how to skateboard and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. That's when I started buying skate videos to watch with friends. That's when we started like 
filming ourselves skateboarding we were like oh, we're gonna submit this and go pro or some shit as we're like <laughs> skating in like 110 degree temperature on like a tropical island that nobody's like gives a shit about I'm, like <laughs> busting my ass like every day thinking that i'm gonna be a professional skateboarder but it was it was all tony hawks man we loved it and for us it was like most people i think think of this as like a single player game but for us it was all about the multiplayer all about always playing horse or always playing graffiti always playing tag we had a fucking blast it was hours and hours and hours um so yeah i have i have a ton of personal attachment to tony hawks pro skater too and this is where i'm going to completely separate myself from the two of you (laughs) (laughs) the extent of which i played tony hawks pro skater 2 was on those demo discs that came with magazines back in the day Oh, okay. we, we got them in and you know you'd throw them in your playstation try out whatever games you are and yeah. of course you're going to try out the most popular and biggest thing that's available to you and that's that was tony hawk's pro skater 2 back in the day like of course you're going to try it out but the reality was i was a huge jrpg nerd so my time was always invested in JRPGs. There was no way I Fair was enough. going to be playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. You didn't have time to play anything else. <laughs> exactly. Like, I have, like, JRPGs galore to play. Like, Final mm. Fantasy IX, Skies of Arcadia, Grandia 2. Like, that right there is an entire year's worth of playing. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to have time to get to Tony Hawk Pro Skaters 2, especially if you're in a monogamous relationship with your fucking games. Like yeah. I typically happen to be, <laughs> unfortunately, because I just can't multitask this shit. But I can say, like, when I when I go into the demos and play this stuff, it was it was like just a casually good time. It's just something yeah. you could easily pick up and enjoy and not necessarily know what you were doing, especially on the PlayStation. Definitely on the PlayStation. You didn't necessarily know what you had to do in order to be proficient. You just needed to feel like you were doing something. That's that's what Tony Hawk kind of left with me is anyone can really have a good time no matter what. I, I played it in preparation for this episode. I figured out I, I horrendously suck at it. But I think <laughs> but that's the case with any game that's really simple eventually. Uh, and when we talk about No Mercy, it's kind of the same. Like if you pick up No Mercy and you start playing it, you've never played any of the uh, THQ wrestling games before. You're not going to know what to fucking do. Oh. You're going to be completely lost. And that's where I was at with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. But I, I realized, okay, if if this is the game I have, and this is the game I have to sit with and I have to enjoy, because that was gaming in the late 90s for, for many households, when you have that one game you have to focus on, and by this point, gaming had gotten to the point, I think for most people, that if you had one game, it wasn't too hard to go out and grab another game. Yeah. I, 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 let's just be real. But if you have that game, you're going to learn how to play that game. You're going to learn how to get good at that game. So if you have a game that that really extends out into popular culture, people just in general are going to want to learn how to get good at the game, especially with these review scores. You're not going to want to be left out in the cold and say, I'm not playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. You're going to want to learn how to be good at Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. And the fact that it's so easy to get good at it, you, you had a situation with Tony Hawk that not only was it culturally relevant getting the reviews, it got people wanted to be good at it. And it was good enough that people felt comfortable getting good at it. And that's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I just want to highlight that real quick before we move on, that 
that is one of its biggest strengths, I think, is that the control scheme is so like surprisingly intuitive, actually. You you'd think it'd be something that would be real easy to to futz up. Um, but by mapping the basic moves to each of the face buttons and then allowing the player to kind of, you know, fashion their own combos from there, it is incredibly easy to get into. It, this is one of those games that really does define the, that notion of, you know, like easy to pick up, but difficult to master, I think, um, because you can get insanely good at this. And I know, I know Arnie knows that. Uh, and yeah. like, and, and the manuals actually, that was a good point. That is one of the things that really makes this stand out because you can do a nonstop combo from the beginning to the end of a level, just with stringing those together, if you know what you're doing and, and yeah, and to be fair, I also think that that is a strength that no mercy has too, yeah. but we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. And, and Shane might know this as well, but like, just as like, there's no greater high than scoring on like a 50 somewhat odd move combo. There's no greater shame than absolutely eating shit in the <laughs> middle of like a 40 some odd combo that like you fucked up a grind on or something and all oh, yeah. your friends just like make so much fun of you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just face plant and then the, the combo text on the <laughs> screen just slides down. Yeah. Yeah. Shame. You bring shame upon your house. You sure do. But going back into intuitive, like Shane said, we're, we're just going to roll into No Mercy. Yeah. And that is another game that really brings in intuitive controls, basic and simple controls mm-hmm. to a genre that had somewhat plagued itself. Not not with this game, but uh, with releases prior to it that plagued itself with overly complicated controls and tried to get through to it. And THQ and Aki had really cleaned it up. And that, that led to a lot of personal attachment. So because we started out with Shane last time, uh, Arnie, go ahead and talk about your own personal attachment with No Mercy. Yeah, so like I said, I, I first started off on all this N64 wrestling trip with uh, WCW NWO Revenge, um, which when I got, I was not like, I didn't really watch wrestling. Like I was not a big wrestling kid uh, when I was growing up. But did I love the shit out of that game, man? Like, all the time and it was sort of like the polar opposite of tony hawk's pro skater for me which as i think that most people think of wwf no mercy and the other uh n64 wrestling games as mainly multiplayer experiences like whenever i talk to somebody about it they'll always tell me oh yeah when i played that at my buddy's house or i played that with my friends or my brother or my cousin and for me when i played wwf no mercy it was almost always by myself and i will say great strength of this game even when you're playing by yourself, the AI is really good. Like, I remember really enjoying myself and being able to put on, like, some pretty decent matches, even with just the AI. And the AI was, you know, it was not fucking around. It would kick your ass if you weren't careful. The AI would kill you even on normal mode. Yeah, like, the AI was <laughs> was brutal. But if you, once you played enough, you could, you know, you could keep up with it fairly, fairly consistently, I found, at least back when my hands weren't, like, gnarled from, like, years of playing video games um, when I was young and, and, and strong. But no, it's 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 a game that I put a ton of hours into. And for me, what it was, it was 
the depth of the characters, right? And kind of like this with Tony Hawk as well. Like, I loved playing as some of my favorite skateboarders when I played Tony Hawk. I loved playing as some of my favorite wrestlers when I was doing No Mercy. And it really carries on, like, the spirit of the wrestling game always is, I'm going to make all my dream matches. I'm going to, you know, set up all these crazy, intricate matchups that I am never going to see on TV because wrestling... It is intended to spite whatever I want to actually watch. And the customization that was available to you at the time, not only with wrestlers, but with other aspects of match creation, I thought was incredible. Like, the fact that I could set up all these different match types and set up, like, the wrestlers that were going to be in it, I couldn't get enough of that. Like, for a kid like me, it was, like, more, 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 I want to keep playing this. So I loved playing it. When I did play it with friends also a super fun time like the n64 for all the shit i've given it over the over the years it's the ultimate multiplayer machine of that generation i think if you get an n64 and three three buddies like you'll have a blast no matter essentially what you're playing and this was near the top of the list for us if it wasn't golden eye perfect dark it was no mercy or it was nwo revenge every single time yeah, I, I feel this a lot of the same sentiments that you do. I too got started on the the THQ bug with WCW and WO Revenge, and I think I don't know to its credit or its detriment, they all kind of blend yeah. together beyond there. Because <laughs> you know, if I go back twenty one years, right at the time mm-hmm. recording, twenty one years, I I don't know if I played this or WrestleMania two thousand. When it came to the create a character yeah. and um, all the modes, now I do know that you know No Mercy expanded greatly on WrestleMania 2000. It added a lot of different modes. Of course, it had a updated roster because WWE is always shit canning the wrestlers <laughs> and throwing them to the curb and you know telling them to find their own health care and then stomping them on the floor after they don't do exactly what they tell to do with their scripted. Uh, promos, but I'm not here to talk about professional <laughs> wrestling. I'm here to talk about a video game. <laughs> so um, when I when I think about No Mercy, I, I I just tend to think of all of the THQ wrestling games as a whole because I think this is the defining game for that kind of subgenre within a subgenre. They pulled out all the stops for this game. They had all of the modes that you could think of whether it be hell in, i think i don't know if they had hell in a cell they definitely had cage matches they definitely had ladder matches i think ladder yeah, matches like had, they, yeah. they did have ladder matches yeah, they had battle royals they had a bunch of stuff they they had all the modes that were really relevant in the year 2000 for any wrestling fan like this is the game this was the game for wrestling fans to deliver on it and i haven't played wrestling games since these releases at this time like I, I i haven't played any game since then i think the closest i got was like smackdown versus raw 2007 for the xbox 360 but i played it for like 30 minutes and put it down because it wasn't this game yeah it's not it, it and i was just gonna say like this will be this will become more relevant in a later category but no other wrestling game has done wrestling quite like this and it really does stand the test of time like you can go back and you could play this game today and still have a great time with it. I see people do it constantly. But for me, it was it activated that wrestling fandom. Like I started watching wrestling after playing these games. And it was incredible. Just watching 
watching that and then coming back and being like, I want to do that match. I want to recreate this or that and like putting that stuff together and having a program that let me do that for the most part. Like, let me pick whatever wrestlers I want in but we're not even talking about the venues that they let you have because there's multiple rings that you could pick from and stuff like that, which is, I mean, to somebody who, who likes wrestling, cares about wrestling, yes, I want to wrestle in, like, specific fucking arenas. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so the fact that the game took that into consideration and was like, let's put all that stuff together, awesome. It's great. And I think very similarly to, to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is you could create your own wrestler. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the amount of depth that you could create your wrestler here to every single move in every single situation that you could possibly think of was there and you could do it to a T now, like the way your wrestler looked, the graphics were shit. Let's be honest. It didn't look that good. Attitude and Warzone looked better. They were terrible games, but they looked better. They, they were graphically better, better presented, but the amount that you could customize your character at in this game combined with the simplicity there is nothing that could beat it. And again, much like Tony Hawk, it brought people who weren't necessarily interested in wrestling into a game to become more interested in wrestling. If you weren't a wrestling fan, you could enjoy this game. Much like if you weren't a skating fan, you could enjoy Tony Hawk. And that's where a lot of like these games are very, 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 very similar in how they execute what they do and how they do it. Yeah. And I think that's just... Like, No Mercy is definitely at the pinnacle of that experience for the wrestling games. Yeah. Shane? Yeah. Um, so rather than talk about a lot of my personal experience with it, I wanted to touch on a couple of things that actually we surprisingly didn't bring up about this because I think they're important because my personal experience is that I really don't have any. I'm just being honest. And if you've listened to our our wrestling episode about the, you know, the THQ games, um, you know that I really didn't touch any of them until we were prepping for that episode. Uh, I just, I didn't have anybody that owned them. I had zero interest in wrestling at the time. Like my, I was never a huge wrestling fan to begin with. And the, the time period that I got into was like early, early to mid nineties was really the peak for me. Like I owned Hulkamania shit, like basically <laughs> that, that was where I was at. And and honestly, this is a fun fact. I don't even think I brought this up on the wrestling episode and I don't know why, but the reason that I even got into wrestling was actually my grandmother of all people. <laughs> she <laughs> was this little French Canadian lady. Like you would never guess it that her thing a- apart from daytime soap operas, uh, <laughs> was watching WWF wrestling oh, fuck religiously. Yeah. Let's go. Right? And yeah. so that was that was the reason that I got <laughs> into it was because she would watch it and like if she'd come over and like babysit my brother and I and it was it was wrestling night, we're watching wrestling. And so like yeah, so I that's how I got into it. So my interest kind of dipped like hard when we started getting into the attitude era cuz for me wrestling was always more interesting because it was so like larger than life and and bombastic like yeah. macho real, man Randy real Savage life superheroes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when we started getting into the more like gritty realism stuff, I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm out. But <laughs> 
Uh, but anyway, that's a long way of saying that I just didn't touch these at the time. So my experience really comes from playing them much, much more recently. But there are some things that I think we really ought to point out. Um, and listen, people listening to this right now, <laughs> we're totally bleeding into the legacy genre defining characteristics stuff. But like, we're not going to be beholden to these categories that hard. So just stick with us. One of the biggest things that I noticed from No Mercy that I appreciated if, if we're going to try to couch this in a personal experiences thing, uh, honestly, is the story mode. The story mode in this game is amazing. You wouldn't expect it at all from, from a wrestling game, especially, um, because a lot of the ones previous to this and a lot of them afterwards were nowhere near as involved, but for whatever reason, no mercy, like, like, like we said, Aki pulled the stops out on this one and, there were things that like if you had certain things happen in the course of your like career mode, they would very much affect how the rest of that story went. Like a good example is like if you had a backstage match and, you know, the guy fucked up your leg or something that would factor into like the next match you played in the ring the next week where like your character could actually be more susceptible to pins or taking more damage specifically from leg focused moves like crazy shit like that and it also got factored into like the actual writing of the story like the other wrestlers would talk shit about the things that happened to you and that's insane to think about you know 21 years ago on the n64 when some rpgs weren't even really doing that Especially on the N64. Yeah. No RPGs. Hey, hey. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think you've uh, heard of a little game called Quest 64. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. The, the gem of RPG experiences. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just, I wanted to point that out because I think that is really important. And to Chris's point, he was talking about the creator wrestler thing. It, it is another thing that we didn't really mention about Tony Hawk, but was a big part of i think the um appeal there as well but to no mercy's credit their create a wrestler was far more robust than the create a skater mode in uh in tony hawk there were so many more options there were so many more unlockables um the list is just huge and uh so anyway I, just, I wanted to touch on those things in lieu of talking about any sort of actual attachment I have to it. So there you go. And and to speak to that, I do want to bring up a couple things you're you were talking about. And the first is the story mode. And if you're a big wrestling fan, like a big, big wrestling fan to go through a story mode, if you need to go through the story mode and you want to complete everything in the story mode <laughs> of no mercy, you have to job. Oh, yeah. And what I mean by <laughs> job is you have to you have to lose. Like, you have to accept the fact that the wrestler that you're facing is going to beat you. If you go through the story mode, it tells you the conditions that you need to do in order to advance to the next part. Mm -hmm. So it says, yeah, you could have made it to this part, but you didn't lose by submission or you didn't lose <laughs> uh, in, so, like, in, in, in this situation. So, yeah, you have to job out almost like professional wrestlers do. So if you're a big wrestling fan of 2000, this is mind-blowing shit. You, you don't see this stuff. And I won't speak to the rest of the wrestling games. Like I said, I really stopped playing them after this era. Prior to this, it had always been win, 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 get the championship. And that was that was all it was. This opened up a completely different avenue. 
into what what you were doing with with wrestling games. It was more in line with the professional wrestling kind of I don't want to say attitude because I think that has a negative connotation with wrestling nowadays. But yeah, that's what it was. One thing I do want to bring up that is definitely definitely against No Mercy's, you know, whole entire build up here and could be a potential poison pill is that most of the copies you can buy oh, yes. will erase all of your data. Yes, that is true. The story mode doesn't mean fuck all. Your created wrestler doesn't mean fuck all. It's essentially a multiplayer game. You know what's funny is every every video on YouTube I've watched of like a review of this game or like a retrospective or whatever, nobody mentions that. <laughs> and I don't know why, because it seems important. It's very important. I don't remember it ever happening to me. I'll say that. Um, and so in my mind's eye, this is like a very, you know, I'm thinking of it as as a perfect sort of simulacrum of WWF No Mercy without the without the game breaking bug. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge detriment to it. And I don't know how common it is. Yeah. And that's yeah. and I, I think that's why I'm really teeter tottering on on which game I think personally is the better of the two. Yeah. Is because if I can't save my data, if I can't save my wrestler, if I can't save my story progression, then it's just a multiplayer game. Yeah. I mean, at least I don't have to connect to the internet to fucking play it. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's only a multiplayer game. And at, at, at that point, what's the fucking point of even playing it? If I can only play it with friends. I mean, I don't know, man. That multiplayer is, is really fucking good. If yeah. it's, I mean, yeah, it is. If it's just it's, a multiplayer it's game, it's still a really fucking good multiplayer game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. You are right. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, too, to its credit, I know we're spending more time on uh, No Mercy than Tony Hawk here. I do want to throw back to our, our wrestling episode. I'm going to continue to plug that. <laughs> but our, our guest, uh, Goobs, from the Secret Levels podcast, brought up a really good point about how you wrestle in No Mercy. Mm. And I think this goes a lot towards the uh, THQ wrestling games in general is you have to wrestle like it's an actual match. You can't go in and do like a strong grapple right off the get and just start power bombing people left and right. You have to build it up like it's an actual wrestling match. You have you can't just do spots or big moves after big moves after big moves in order to get the victory. It's not AEW. It's it's professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I love AEW. I'm sorry. No, no shit talking there. But like you can't just do everything at once and do the big moves. You actually have to go into it thinking like it's it's combat. And I I do appreciate that about No Mercy. And it just generally it's a THQ wrestling game statement. And I, I know that's a blanket statement more than anything. Yeah, they do. They do a very good job, like you said, of making it feel like an actual match. They do a very good job, especially as you get better at the game, because that was my problem when I started playing these games is that I would get absolutely crushed by every single person <laughs> I faced because I didn't I didn't get that. But then as you keep playing it, you sort of realize, oh, these moves work at this time. And then later on in the match, you can do these other sort of moves that work more often and you sort of work it that way until eventually you win and strategy yeah and i will say i did continue playing wrestling games after this for for quite a bit and it never really felt that way in any of the wwe ones i played after this it really like the other ones 
it, it you know obviously you get countered more often when at the beginning of matches but you can still i could still do crazy moves pretty early on it's not that hard to build up even like finishers weren't even that hard to build up and stuff like that as compared to this game and so that is that is a good point and it works especially well again i'm bringing it back but in the multiplayer because when you're playing with friends who maybe aren't as experienced or as good as at the game as you it doesn't let you just pound them into the ground from like the first second the match starts you have to actually work them and they can still you know they have a chance to work with you and get better much quicker than in the other games i think can i just say it's really hard to talk about this game without using wrestling terms (laughs) (laughs) you have to put up a little graphic every time it's like being a job is to and then definition (laughs) okay so next topic here is the legacy genre defining aspect of both of these games i think this one is interesting for both of these titles because I think they did a really good job in terms of what they accomplished. I certainly think one did one better than the other. Let, let's kick it around a little bit. As we have been, start out with Tony Hawk. And, and Shane, how about you start us off? Sure, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I kind of started bleeding into this, talking about my personal experiences, because honestly, it's kind of hard not to, right? At the end of the day, as far as myself, and I think a lot of people are concerned, like this is the skateboarding game. Like, like full stop, like it, it, you can't ignore just how much of an impact this thing had. And like I said, the, and the Metacritic and the average review scores like really show that. And, you know, as I talked about, it's, it's this perfect storm of just all the right things at the right time done in such, you know, uh, an intelligent way. The controls are tight. They are, as I mentioned, like surprisingly intuitive, even if you are brand new or you suck at it, it doesn't take you very long to at least start feeling good about what you're doing. And that is something that I feel a lot of game developers have lost the 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 story on, which is at the end of the day, a game is still a game and it needs to feel good to play. Um, and this definitely nails that. Um, so you're always at least pulling off something, even if it's just grinding a rail and jumping off and doing one little nose grab, that's still cool as shit. Because I mean, let's, let's be real. You've got your sweet ass soundtrack pumping (laughs) in the background at all times, but there's just so much more to it than even that there's just a shitload of collectibles to get. There's a list of objectives on every stage. So you, you not only have this like free form skateboarding which at the end of the day i think is really what the draw and arnie can keep me honest here mm-hmm. but i think that's really what the draw of of actual skateboarding is is the creativity and the sense of freedom that comes along with it yeah and this game communicates that perfectly so you not only have that but you also have these sort of concrete sort of quests if you will to kind of keep you driving towards certain uh you know goals as you go along um you've got a ton of unlockables. You've got secret stuff. I mean, you can skateboard as fucking Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> let's be real. That's amazing. Uh, and, and the distinct like pro skaters that you can choose from start off with varied strengths and weaknesses. So depending on what you want to be good at in a given stage, you can choose a certain skater to play as. Uh, as we mentioned, you've got the build a skater thing and you can actually pump the stats on all those skaters if you play enough. Um, yeah. to max them all out 
And th this isn't even talking about the fact that you can actually build your own skate park levels in this game too. It's, it's insane. Like there's so much here. Honestly, there's, I mean, it, are there things that you might be able to improve upon? Sure. Some of the things like trying to find all of the hidden gaps in the game that gets a little tedious after a while. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, this is, I think the closest you're going to get to almost a perfect like digital representation of skateboarding and, and an encapsulation of the time period that it, that it came out in as far as being, uh, you know, a genre defining item and the, and the legacy that it leaves behind. It is the milestone skateboarding game. There's really not any more to say on that. I'm going to kind of go a different direction on this. I completely agree with everything you said, but in terms of the legacy and genre defining aspect of this game is it, it's not even gaming that this game was so important. Mm. This game reached out into, I'm going to say it again, the cultural zeitgeist yeah. of extreme sports. Mm -hmm. It got a lot of people who had never even known who the fuck Tony Hawk even is like me. And made him a household name. Yeah. Like everyone knew who Tony Hawk was after this game. And you can make the argument that happened the first pro skater. And I'm, I'll, I'll have that debate. But this was the game that people were like, no, you need to play this. No, you need to know who Tony Hawk is. No, you need to turn your head and understand that this is the game that people are playing and you need to get with it. This really sparked a new you know, skating boom. And that's not to say that it didn't exist. I mean, we all know Skate or Die existed on the yep. NES. I can't. California Games was yep. a huge thing. 720. While it was a, 720. Yeah. I mean, it, I can't really think of any in the 16-bit era, to be honest with yeah. you. It was more like an NES that happened then. But this was like a reburgeoning of that kind of extreme sports coming out. You went from extreme sports being on ESPN, like <laughs> ESPN2... Which wasn't a big deal back Deep in 2000. Joke. People think like ESP, yeah. no, ESPN2 wasn't a huge thing in, in 2000. Nah. It wasn't really a big deal. But it started moving. You had your own ESPN channel dedicated like ESPN Extreme. It started going on MTV and being becoming part of mainstream pop culture. If we didn't have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, I, I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened, but I think it greatly contributed to that sort of of mindset and this is coming from someone who never played the game it was obvious that this was something that people who weren't really into video games were playing it was right alongside your maddens it was right alongside your you know your other sports games or other mainstream game titles that when people wanted to play video games this is what you're talking about so when you brought up that you're playing oh i'm gonna play thousand arms for the playstation one they're like shut up weeb we're playing fucking tony hawk <laughs> player skater too this, uh, are that's, you digging that's into just like what it personal was. memories at this point are you is this yeah that like seems a, very specific i don't know what you're really talking specific. about <laughs> don't know what you're talking about i'm hunting for waifus <laughs> a noble quest <laughs> but that's the reality of it the legacy that tony hawk pro skater too and, and and a lot of it's on his predecessor and this is where it's going to get kind of difficult is because this is a sequel this is a refinement this is bringing it to the forefront and i think when you go into games journalism and you look at the metacritic score and, and the legacy and genre fighting is this more of a reaction to how people reacted to the first tony hawk's pro skater game because i mean you can do the same thing for no mercy 
You could do the same thing for the THQ uh, wrestling games or people the the critics just didn't get it until they got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this the same kind of reaction you have there? Because Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the first one, definitely swept things up. Yeah. It definitely caught people by, I wouldn't say it caught reviewers by surprise, because again, they're giving this game 8 out of 10s, which isn't a bad score, but in the video game review is just, it's a ho-hum score. Yeah. But people grasped onto it. Is this a more relevant game than the first one? Or is it just um, is, is it just a refinement on its predecessor? And I, I, I would say to both those questions, yes. I mean, it's obviously subjective and completely anecdotal, but coming from someone who did not skateboard or anything or had any visibility into that world whatsoever, I didn't even know Tony Hawk's Pro Skater existed until 2 came out. Like, and that, and that's the thing, like, and that's for me, that's the thing is like the big difference is the visibility and that like cross, you know, cultural impact that it had, I think is much more important for the second one, because that's the one where everyone was like, oh shit, like this, this is, this is a thing. Whereas, you know, I think the first one, it obviously, you know, it reviewed pretty well. And um, I think a lot of people will still have a lot of love for it. But I really think that two is what kind of got it to explode onto the scene in a much bigger way. I mean, it, it's it's hard to follow up because you guys have pretty much hit all the points, right? I, I, I do think that, the, you know, I played the first one. I loved the first one. We, my whole group of friends did. But the second one just blew the doors off the first one by a mile and a half, at least personally. I was like when I played when I played the first one I was like it it can't possibly get any better than this and when I played the second I was like I don't know what I was thinking when I was playing that one because this is an improvement <laughs> in almost every meaningful way from the graphics to the presentation to the soundtrack to the gameplay to the level design I pre- I prefer this version so much more that it to me it, it the first one I will go back and play but. I, I recently did go back and try to play and I found it a little tedious. The second one just is smooth as butter. Like I could jump back in it today and love it as much as I did back in back in 2000. And, you know, what what you guys are saying is completely relevant, which is that this is a game that pumped up the sport that it was based on. Because we're not just talking about Tony Hawk. We're talking about Bob Burnquist, Bucky Lasick, Chad Muska, Jeff Raleigh. Like, all these people were, were household names at the time. I remember people talking about these guys. I remember seeing them at the X Games, getting, like, on TV on, like, shows like Jackass and stuff like that. Like, I remember them being, like, personalities for a good while. And that was almost all based off the success of of this franchise at least to me to somebody like me like if you were deep into skateboarding you already knew who these people were but for a lot of people this is the gateway this is their first sort of experience with that the game that sort of i was like i'm having such a good time i want to go out get a board and try some of this stuff myself i want to learn to skate that's what me and my friends were were going through and at you the go time outside and bust ass and you're and like you, yeah oh, and you I'm and you go back and exactly then you go back and you play more tony hawks pro skater too. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's it's the marijuana of extreme sports <laughs> before you get on that smack it was right. yeah it really it really did sort of open up a world for people like me who were not very familiar with this kind of stuff or were like knew it peripherally but didn't really get it this like presented it in such a fun engaging way that you were like fuck i want to i want to be involved in this like this looks awesome from top to bottom, just an incredibly solid game. There's no, there's nothing I can really point to and say, I feel like this sequel did it better, that sequel did that better. And you can still see, not maybe not as directly, but you can definitely see like tentacles of this game in other extreme sports games. It's very clearly in the ones that came out immediately around it like the balance bar for your grinds and your holds and your manuals and whatnot, stuff like that. The way that like you control your skater by like hitting one of the face buttons and a directional button to change different tricks and stuff like that stuff you will see in, in other games, games like skate have sort of shifted the paradigm a little bit when it comes to controls, but there's no doubt when a skateboarding game comes out that it was in some way inspired by Tony Hawk's, pro skater that doesn't even that's not even a conversation that we have anymore it's just like oh okay it's a skateboarding game like tony hawk's pro skater yeah yeah, like tony hawk's pro skater like it's just become that that ubiquitous with the with the subgenre. and i think that you know that's probably the biggest legacy you could leave as a video game is to not have the outside influence you but to have you influence the culture outside of the game i think that's a good segue into no mercy because the THQ wrestling games really have the same effect on wrestling games. Like, is this game, how does it compare to the N64 THQ games? And that's like, if you talk about extreme sports, if you talk about skateboarding games, they just re-released, remastered Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. The fact that they did that means that its legacy is is almost evergreen at this point. Like, they look back and look at that game for inspiration. And that's kind of the same thing you got with WWF No Mercy, because now you have new wrestling games. They're 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 making a game with with Aki to try and capture that THQ Aki N64 wrestling game feeling. You don't do that without a great formula. You don't do that without leaving a legacy. And I'll be the first to say that wasn't established No Mercy. I will definitely say that was established in WCW and WWE No Revenge. That's where that got established. This is just a refinement of the formula. This is definitely where they looked back at what they did and they approved upon it. And I will give all credit to Aki because at this point they were just creating their own engines for the North American audience because I, I World Tour is directly uh, borrowed from a Japanese game that Aki made. And they just com- they kept on improving and improving and improving on that formula to it got to the point where the Japanese game was taking from the formula that the American games were making. But it doesn't take away from the fact that no mercy in terms of legacy, like it's the defining game of what you do with an N64 wrestling game or just a wrestling game in general. Like if we want to make this wrestling game good, let's start here and build on it. We have to have a creator wrestler mode that has to be in there. It has to be robust. You have to be able to create all your moves. It doesn't even, I wouldn't even say it matters about the looks. What it comes down to is, is, is the moves. Are they relevant? I think that's what's more wrestling fans when they play a wrestling video game care about. And that was really established more so in WrestleMania 2000, but it continued on here. 
is it at the top of its at the top of this game? And this is right before WWF bought WCW. So this this was kind of the 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 closing out deal. That being said, this is the swan song for this type of gameplay. You never really saw anything like this beyond it. I don't know. Again, I said earlier, like credit or detriment for for no mercy just being where it's at it's it's the last in a great series of games it's it's the best one in terms of technical gameplay in terms of what it provides but it also doesn't carry anything on beyond it there's there's not a game into the ps2 or um xbox gamecube era that i can think of off the top of my head that does anything as well as no mercy does and I don't think there's been a wrestling game since, or else you wouldn't hear as much about these games as we have. I think that's that's an unfortunate fact, but a lot of people just haven't tried to duplicate it. And I think the most relevant comparison is Fire Pro Wrestling, which is way more technical than what was provided. I mean, for me, it's there. I, I, I do see a difference. Uh, like we talked about before, like this game came out in the midst of the attitude era like wwf was in the process of becoming the biggest it's ever been and all these people were household names like do i think that wwf no mercy had the kind of impact on wrestling outside of the video game space obviously like on actual wrestling and wrestling fans that tony hawk's pro skater 2 did on skateboarding no but like you said this the 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 real legacy of this game i think is with the fans of it because the way you've explained it right where you don't see wrestling games like this anymore and this is sort of the peak of that type of game if you if you enjoy that to the point that people are still running this game at conventions there are still mods to update rosters for this game to add moves to this game like there's a dedicated community of people who this is the only way they can get that experience and as good as tony hawk's pro skater 2 is like if i'm really short if i'm really like oh i need to play a tony hawk game i can throw on tony hawk's pro skater 3 or 1 or 4 and have a pretty good time like you know it's not like would it be would I prefer to play to? Absolutely. But are the other games so different that the experience is like undeniably changed for me? No. But with No Mercy, you have to play that game to get that experience. Ooh, even the other I would I would disagree. I don't know, I would man. disagree. Even 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 the other games on the N64 as good as they are are not as good as as WWF No Mercy in my experience. Like I have a soft spot for NWO Revenge. I don't think it's as it's as good as far as what I enjoyed, which was the customizability, the ability to create those types of dream matches, the ability to like really dig down into like the most minute details and perfect everything you want in a wrestling game. And and before we jump to Shane, I just want to kind of capitalize on something you said there is earlier you said that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 was was way behind what Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 was. I don't get the same feeling between No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000. I think that in terms of gameplay, they're they're essentially the same. You just have additional modes and more probably robust uh, character modes and obviously a better story mode. And if that's the, the angle you're going down, sure. But when, when you look at like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, you're saying that's the big jump. You can't play Tony Hawk's Play Scare 1 if you're trying to get the same experience that you're trying to with 2. And I think that's a big difference. I understand it's the yeah. second one. Yeah, yeah. And 
if, if you want to go to three, and I, I have no idea what's going on with three. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. If you that should be that's in theory that should be an improvement. Mm. And if it's not okay, then then we yeah with Tony Oxford Skater two we got something extraordinarily special. Yeah. So you can make arguments both ways. If you're saying that you can go to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, 3 and get the same experience with 2, mm-hmm. great. But if you're saying that you, you, like the gap is that big, that's where I disagree. That's why I disagree at No Mercy. Because I feel I can go to any of the previous wrestling games and have a great time because the mechanics never really changed at all. I guess for me it's less about the, the physical wrestling mechanic and just more about the amount of stuff I can do with it. Right. That's fair. Like if I can't if I can't do the same level of customization, if I don't have the same amount of match types, then I'm more limited in what I want to do with the game, which is create like these very specific ideal matches that I've always had in my head, whether it's customized characters or the roster that's pre provided, especially if you're updating rosters constantly and providing me wrestlers that I'm more familiar with. Um, I, I like the abundance of choice that, that No Mercy gives as opposed to WrestleMania 2000 and, and the ones before that. But you, you absolutely make a good point that, like, it's true. Like, the, there is a gap between Tony Hawk's 1 and 2. I just think that at the core of it, if the core gameplay, if I want a nice, intuitive skateboarding game, I could jump into either and not really feel like I lost out. Um, of like a, a sort of mind-boggling experience. Whereas with No Mercy, I feel like it's a little more, it's just got that little more extra sauce on it. It's got the, the nice trimmings and it's got the more full experience for me as opposed to the other games that came around that time, if that makes sense. No, I got you. I got you. Shane? Uh, yeah, I mean, so you can't really deny, right, that this title is something that, many folks kind of point to as you know the pinnacle of wrestling games not only for this era but just in general even in some cases um and honestly as we kind of alluded to through the course of the episode i think a lot of this has to do in large part to some very similar key aspects that it has in common uh with tony hawk actually uh it's got very streamlined controls especially compared to some of the earlier titles who wanted you to do like you know street fighter combos to do anything productive um you know it's got tight gameplay it has a ton of customizability there's varied modes different environments um a shitload of unlockables so a lot of the same kind of things that i think make tony hawk 2 stand out uh, in the way that it does now of course as we mentioned some of the things that this has that it doesn't it has a very robust story mode which frankly Tony Hawk does not. Um, Not that maybe it necessarily needs it, but that's neither here nor there. And having said all of that, I I think, you know, if we're talking about legacy and it set making its mark within the genre that it resides, there is a lot to be said for this game in just in the fact that it's still held up as the example of how to do a wrestling game over 20 years later. However, I do tend to agree with a lot of what Arnie said in that does this have the same broader cultural appeal slash impact that Tony Hawk 2 does? Now, in that, I would probably have to say no, whereas Tony Hawk 2 kind of propelled its industry 
into the limelight, I think this game in a way benefited from the fact that wrestling was already kind of at its peak, right? Fair, fair point. No, that's a really good point. That's a fair point. Yeah. And so it's not, and I know we're kind of getting into the head to head comparison here, but I, I think it still is relevant to talking about this game's legacy in that I think it is incredibly influential in it, in its, in its own lane, if you will. Did it have appeal outside of wrestling fans? Absolutely. There, there's no question there. Um, there were plenty of people that played this game and even and some of the other, you know, THQ slash Aki titles that were out there around that time. Um, but I think especially this one out of out of most of them. Um, so that certainly happened, but I really don't think it was on the same level as, as Tony Hawk 2, if we're talking about that. But having said all of that, like you really can't deny the stature that this game has uh, in in sort of the the wrestling, you know, video game genre for sure. Yeah. So with that being said, I, th- I think we've had a pretty good gathering of opinions over these various topics. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll talk about which game we'd rather play head to head. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. We're on the road to wrestling, rackling this thing up. I said that completely wrong, and I'm going to own it. And <laughs> uh, this is going to be rackling. Posted. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to say wrestling, wrapping this thing up. But of course, I can't say that because I can't talk. <laughs> All right. To start off, we're going to pick the winners of the previous three categories here. So in terms of... Critical and commercial reception. I don't think this is even a question, guys. Yeah, this one. I, I, is, <laughs> this wait, one, this, this one usually has okay. a very clear winner. <laughs> is this is this Tony Hawk or is this Tony Hawk? TH. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Tony Hawk all day. To, it's Tony Hawk's No Mercy 2000. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens when you port your game to every system under the sun, usually. <laughs> uh, That's what's going to happen. You get a little bit more love. But critically, I think it also edges out No Mercy as well. You think? <laughs> only, only, only the second, second highest, highest rated. rated. Only the second highest rated game of all time. It's okay, number one. So in that my one heart, goes to Tony Hawk. That's oh, what there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Personal attachments. Okay, so I think this one oh, is, is going to be a little bit more difficult. I know I, I have a feeling where Shane's going to go with this. Shane, how about you start wow, off? Really? Then? Do you? <laughs> Crazy. I, I think yeah. It's uh, yeah. No, right? Yeah, this is unequivocally Tony Hawk's two. Absolutely. I mean. Uh, even listen even if i had played this game back in its in its day it still would be tony hawk just just for me personally the the way i grew up and what i was exposed to like this was this was my jam man like so i i I, yeah that's it i got nothing else to say (laughs) all right arnie personal uh personal attachment which one comes out ahead uh, it's. I have very strong attachments to both of these, but it, this particular matchup, it's got to be Tony Hawk, just because right place, right time. This I played with friends. We had like a group. We would play it together all the time. We'd help each other get through certain levels and do certain things. So like, I just have like so many more visceral memories of playing Tony Hawk. 
I love playing No Mercy. I usually played it on my own. I didn't play it as much as Tony Hawk, so the so I got to give it to Tony Hawk's on this one. Uh, and personal attachments for me is No Mercy, just because I didn't play Tony Hawk too. It's oh. not a knock against Tony Hawk. Honestly, I didn't play both of these when they released. At least I can remember, because like I said, they all blended in together with the wrestling games. Yeah, but it's uh, the personal attachment is definitely with No Mercy, just because. I, I played those games when they were relevant. I didn't play the Tony Hawk games. So yeah, that's fair. That is what it is. Legacy and genre fighting. I I actually don't. I actually don't think this is much of a competition either. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off and say just because of its mostly because of its impact on the mainstream culture. It's it's got to be Tony Hawk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't think you can uh, you can argue it one way or another. I I agree. So, okay, so for the previous three categories, Tony Hawk, clean sweep. Tony Hawk, baby. <laughs> Not that it matters for our final pick anyway. I'm just saying. Oh, this is the head-to-head, Whether what you would play today if you had to go back. So this isn't necessarily the final pick. But if you had to play either of these games today, as they existed, as they were in 2000, not with all the improvements they've had over the decades and whether or not people have been playing them continuously to this day. You know, as they were released in 2000, would you rather play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 or WWF No Mercy Arnie? This is going to be I this is going to be strange. I might get some shit for this, but I actually would would pick No Mercy for this because I I think that I feel like I kind of missed out on something special. I think that the depth that it has with that storyline and the depth of that multiplayer, like if I could, if today I picked up a copy as it was back then, got a few beers and a couple friends together, I think I would pick No Mercy over Tony Hawk as far as, as that went. Like I, I love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. I think it's a great game, but I think that there's something about No Mercy that's just that extra little bit more alluring to me in general. Shane? Yeah, I, it it has to be Tony Hawk. There's not even a question <laughs> in my mind. Like I know the the multiplayer for No Mercy is a hell of a good time, and the story mode will definitely keep you engaged, even if you're playing on your own, uh, for sure. But this this game, like I I know a lot of it. Obviously, this is subjective, but it's um this thing kind of hits all the right like nostalgia receptors for me. You know, it, it was around that time, like I was, let's see, well, 2000. Yeah, so early teens. And, you know, it was the, the, the punk metal soundtrack and the extreme sports. And I would, I mean, my stomach would hate me for it right now, but I would 100% sit down with like a can of Surge and a pizza <laughs> and just play the shit out Fuck of this yeah. game for like a whole afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> um and then throw up later, but like it'd be worth it. It would be worth <laughs> it. So for head to head, I I gotta I gotta agree with Arnie. Yeah, I, I sat down with with Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, and as granted, it was through an emulator. I'm not playing yeah, yeah, on original yeah. hardware, so I, I gotta throw that out there. I, I I played it, and it took me it took me a while to get used to what it wanted to do. I understand that once I would get used to it, I think I would have a blast playing this game, but I didn't play it when I did. So I'm not probably grasping the entirety of what Tony Hawk's pro skater two was. That being said, the nostalgia bomb that is involved with no mercy. When you go back and you look at the wrestlers that are there being a wrestling fan and all the wrestlers that are there in 2000 and what happened to them afterwards, like sometimes there's tears, sometimes there's celebration. Sometimes there's the acknowledgement of what these people accomplished in the past 20 years. And in, in, in just 
compared to where wrestling is now. That that alone blows my mind. But the fact that what Arnie said, if I grab some beers with a bunch of people who know how to play this game and we're just going to have a good time. Yeah, it's definitely no mercy. I can do that with four people. No problem on my N64. With Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, it's like, hey, you want to play multiplayer? And I understand from what Arnie said earlier, that I guess there's somewhat of a multiplayer yeah. mode in this game, which we really didn't get to. But I don't think that's what Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is remembered for, is this multiplayer no, game. No. And it's no, what yeah. is what people definitely remember with these wrestling games is its multiplayer, mm-hmm. how it connects with people. And multiplayer is a big facet about what it does. And not only does it have a multiplayer mode, it has a single player mode to boot. Like, it's not just a multiplayer game. It's going to provide you with something outside of the multiplayer facet. And I think that's a very important thing to consider. The fact that it's multiplayer is so deep is why I would I would pick it up today. And the fact that I can practice in a single player mode that the AI will actually give you a good, decent, nice fight. Yeah, that's it's essentially a fighting game is what it really is. It's 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 like a Capcom fighter, except it's more simple and more people are it's, it's accessible to more people who understand how to play it. Mm-hmm. I would definitely play No Mercy ahead of it. Yeah, I, I think that you could do this. You can get fucking drunk before a Royal Rumble and <laughs> just get trashed and play this game leading up to it and have a great time. Now, if you're not a wrestling fan, yeah, I get it. But yeah. this is. This is the party game that any wrestling fan is going to pick right off the get. This is this is it. Speaking of this is it. This is the time where we got to pick comes. a game. Oh, damn. I'm going to let our guest make their decision first. <laughs> allowing me a allowing me a small mercy that was not afforded to, to Shane on, on our end, uh, which I appreciate because I hate going last. And, and Paul knows this. That's why he almost always makes me go fucking last. Um <laughs> And so, and so, when I think about it, when I put them both both on the table, as far as what's going to be the best game of of two thousand of the year two thousand, and I think of both of these games, and they both for me have a solid solid claim to the title. When I was playing video games, these were pretty much at the top of the list back in two thousand. Um, it was definitely definitely good times on on both ends so i fucking hate that they're both here right now in the first round (laughs) and i have to do this but thinking about it in my head it it absolutely makes sense from the cultural impact to the gameplay to how it's progressed throughout the years and just always remained that awesome game that i can come back to time and time again and be assured that i'm gonna have a good time uh it's got to be tony ox pro skater 2 it's got to be. I, I, I hate that I have to do that. Um, I think if No Mercy had gone up against a couple other games in this bracket, I it might get my vote. But Tony Hawk is number one for a reason. You know, number one seed. Got some pedigree behind it. Got some love behind it. It's got It's going to take its steel chair to the back of No Mercy. Uh, so Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 for me. <laughs> I guess I'll go second. I'll let Shane pick last. Wow. Again. Yeah. See, I said this. I said this last time. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm gonna be the last one every time making making the tiebreaker. Call. It's your luscious locks. It's that's what's going no, on. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. okay. So I I'm trying to break this all down in terms of just games in general. So what you have with No Mercy is you have a robust single player mode. Mm-hmm. You have a robust create a wrestler. You have a fantastic multiplayer mode. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is probably the most prolific single player game of that era 
I think when most people think about what the best single player experience is of that time, and I'm saying the majority, most prolific, I'm not saying like it is definitively, I'm just saying the most prolific, it is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. That's the best single player experience that you have of that generation. Castlevania 64. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> there are so many things I want to love about No Mercy. Everything is there. As a wrestling fan, this is, should be a game that I will tell everyone to go run out and play. But as I said earlier, there is a poison pill. There is something that is just 100% unacceptable <laughs> when it true. comes to games. If I, if you are going to have a novel story mode where you can branch paths and you can be the wrestler and you can job out, you can create your character, I'm all there for it. But as soon as my cartridge just decides to randomly erase that shit, I'm going to be upset. And it doesn't even matter if you save it to your memory pack, right? You can save it. But then like five seconds later, it will just erase it again. And you have to reload it. And it's just a complete process. Nothing yeah. matters. The in-store, the in-game store where you can buy new moves and buy new characters and buy new parts for your created character doesn't even fucking matter anymore. All the good things about No Mercy are completely erased. And I'm looking at this from a 2000 perspective. If I bought this game in 2000 and I was told I was going to have a fantastic <laughs> creator wrestler experience and a fantastic single player mode and it all went to shit, I would be fucking pissed. It doesn't even matter. Fucking, fucking Tony Hawk's Pro Skater could be fucking Cheetah Man for all I fucking care. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter because you fucking failed on your promises. Fu it, look, if I'm just getting together with some buddies and I just want to <laughs> fucking play a four-player multi-match Royal Rumble, no DQ wrestler with all the wrestlers that are in this game and have a great time, I am down for it. It is a fantastic game. And I would play it over Tony Hawk Pro Skater any day of the week. And I would say it would be, be over Tony Hawk Pro Skater any mm. day of the week because I can go back to it. I think more people can have fun with this more readily available and easily in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. That being said, WrestleMania 2000 didn't have these problems. And that was something that, that, that should have carried over. And it was a huge, huge, huge detriment to it. Yeah. And because of that, I have to give this hands down to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 as advancing in this just because culturally is far more relevant, but because, hey, when you save your game, you save your game and it's not going to just erase all your shit. Yeah, that is that is fair point. That That is true. Wow. Shane. OK, <laughs> Take, bring us wow. home. Yeah, no, I, I didn't expect Chris to get that salty about that, especially <laughs> for something that I'm pretty sure didn't actually happen to him. But I mean, it is a good. No, point. it fucking did. It oh, fucking really? did. Oh, Fuck okay. no mercy. Fuck it. Well, there you go. All right. Been holding it in. Been holding it in the entire time. <laughs> I love this game, but you don't do that to me. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't. All right. Do that. Well, I mean then I guess we're making it a clean sweep because, I mean, I, I feel like this is... Get the brooms you know, out, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it kind of goes without saying based on what I've said so far, really, but uh, it's got to be Tony Hawk, man. Like, e even if even if my own personal bias was not in this, I, I still think, uh, as both of you guys have already mentioned, that just the the cultural significance of this game, I think, far outweighs not only No Mercy, but also a lot of other 
titles, you know, around this time as well. Like this was such a huge thing that, I mean, God, everybody knew about it. Your, your parents knew about it. (laughs) People who had never even seen a skateboard knew who Tony Hawk was like, it was crazy. So yeah, absolutely. So I guess, I guess the good old Tony Hawk two moving on to the next bracket. Then let's go. One seed. We're chalking it up. All right. It is. Get that chalk. All right. So thank you for joining us on an episode of the King of Games two thousand. I don't know if this is going to be the first or second episode to you. This has been the second recording, which is why I'm jabbing not so subtly at Shane. He knows what Mm. he did. (laughs) I stand by it. You'll you'll find out or you already know. I'll just put it that way. But look, there's an entire tournament to go on with this. There's sure to be upsets. There's sure to be tears and hard decisions. This is a crazy year. We really... We are really looking forward to going through this bracket, and we really hope that you're looking forward to tuning into our future debates on this. Yep. Like, this was a 1v16 match, and if No Mercy had some save data, I probably would have voted for No Mercy <laughs> in terms of what would it advance, because this year is just so jam-packed with yeah. titles that are legitimate. You know what? This is going to be a fun time. Thank you so much, Arnie. Like, you, you have done like so much to make sure that this is a thing i know i approached you with it because i loved your series about the king of games 98 and the way this is progressing man this is this is amazing <laughs> spicy man. yeah i'm so happy we're gonna be killing each other at the end of this so i uh, hope yeah. we still are i hope everyone is still friends but we gotta do what we gotta do i'm glad this is recorded so when we're at the end and you're irately mad about something i can play you this footage mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, when you were happy about it. <laughs> I've forgiven you for Grim Fandango. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm willing to see whether or not you're going to... Grim Fandango is mentioned with you in every yeah. episode towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> I've forgiven you for it. So unless you do something similar to that before the end of this tournament i won't mention it again i promise you i've got i've got plenty i've got plenty of time to make wildly unpopular decisions (laughs) (laughs) well that being said uh this is the retro hangover podcast hosting this so shane how about you just run down our our promotions here because you're much better at that than i am well i mean if you say so Well, I mean, if you are listening to this, then you've found the show. And if you're listening to this earlier rather than later, then that means you're already a patron, in which case, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, But if you are not yet a patron, if this is on the main feed, uh, perhaps you might consider doing that if you like the show enough and you would like to show that in a more concrete you know, financial kind of fashion. Um, Not that I recommend that anybody do that because I think it's insane, but you know, don't listen (laughs) to me is what I'm saying. You can head on over to gorpfans.com. That is G-O-R-P-F-A-N-S.com. And that will bring you to our Patreon page. You can select a tier of your choice Uh, for as little as a dollar. You can get in on some really great bonus audio content uh, such as our RH Gaiden episodes, which are full, complete bonus episodes uh, just for you on an exclusive feed. And if you decide to go up even higher than that, we've got a whole bunch of other stuff on there, too. 
Uh, so please feel free to check that out. Perhaps even more importantly, though, we do have a public Discord, and so we would like you to jump in there and uh, chat with us if you are not doing that already. And you can do that by going over to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y, slash R-H-P chat. That will give you an invite to the Arcade Floor channel. And uh, you can come in, say hello, meander over to the memes channel, post some funny stuff there, listen to some music we got running 24-7. It's a good time, and we've got a really great community in there, so we'd love to have you. And uh, I think last but certainly not least, We also do have a merch store, so if you would like to get a sweet Gorp the Eggplant Dragon t-shirt or a mug or a bumper sticker or whatever you'd like, that's over at bit.ly slash RHP merch. And with all of that being said, Chris, would you like to talk very quickly about our Twitch streams? Very, very quickly, yeah. Just head over to twitch.tv slash retrohangover, and then every Sunday around 9 p.m. Eastern time, we do a stream that's, you know, pretty much covers what we've been talking about on our podcast. Sometimes not. We try to be as congruent as possible, but sometimes it doesn't happen. But just over there for a good time. People over there are crazy, and we are crazy as well. And we love being crazy, so be crazy with us. That's twitch.tv slash Metro Hangover. And before we go, hey, look, like you should have done this first anyway. Arnie, go ahead. Plug this shit out of Region Free Gamers That's podcast. Right. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, just Region Free Gamers podcast. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com, Region Free Gamers. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Region Free Gamer. You can find us on Instagram at Region Free Gamers podcast. Uh, and, if you know, subscribe to Retro Hangover, subscribe to Region Free Gamers. And keep fucking listening, man, because we're recording a lot of these, yeah. so you better fucking Hell listen yeah. to them. <laughs> all right, and with all of that being said, until next time, play with your any outboardy joysticks. Wow, he nailed it. Fantastic. Got it in one, guys. That's right. <laughs> Bye. Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in head first with full 12 ounce bags They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.